Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is the second half of my conversation with Michael Kent. We get into social media do's, don'ts, and things you never thought about. Nick Lacapo stops by the show to discuss the feature prompt of the week from R. Paul Wilson. Before all of that, we kick things off with one of our quickfire segments, where your favorite magicians tell us the magic they never leave the house without. This week, Texas's very own David Rangel joins me for the Everyday Carry. David Rangel, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for the Everyday Carry. All right, you're going to go out for uh, to meet your friend for a cup of coffee, or you're going to go get some groceries, but you're a magician, so you never leave the house without some magic in your pocket. David Rangel, what is your Everyday Carry? Okay, this is kind of tough because I do think Everyday Carry should be as natural as possible. Yeah. But I have something that's probably cheating, but I love it. Okay. I l- it's be- I've been carrying with it with me everywhere. It's a zigzag, it's, isn't no, it? It's no. just the whole zigzag illusion. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's assistance oh. revenge. No, actually, it is Andy Diamond's uh, The Moment. Oh, The Moment is so good. I love, and it's small. Yeah. It easily fits, you know, I can carry it with me. And I just, I if I get pressured like you do sometimes with your friends to yeah. show you something, I just think it's great. It's vintage. All right. For our listeners who are unfamiliar with it, can you describe The Moment? It is a set of cards that are basically off an old Whitman mm-hmm. uh, kind of old maid deck. Yeah. Or it looks like a memory deck. Yeah. I always just say it's like a memory deck. Yeah. Like memories, you got to match the two together. You get, uh, you ask uh, what the person, if they could pick a color, what would mm-hmm. they pick? And they say either red or blue because mm-hmm. you give them those choices and you show them a magician card. And mm-hmm. it is a vintage looking yeah. magician from the 1940s, like a Carter, yeah. but in a cartoony kind of way. Uh, you take out the pack. And you just show the color if they say red. You can mm-hmm. show red, and you just kind of deal down and show them like there's going to be all kind of circus performers, vintage, yeah. like a, a lion tamer, some acrobatics, yeah. a little man, a woman on a horse, a ballerina, mm-hmm. and they can make choices. As you, you can either deal down or switch, yeah. so they can make an order that seems completely random. Yeah, and then with the blue pack, you can show despite their freedom with yeah. all the choices they had, you can actually show that the, now the pairs are now matching from yeah. a deck that's not touched, right? And also, like, a good touch if you do this trick yeah. is, I'm going to go back to this, uh, Paul Vigil yeah. has a really cool way of dealing the cards down yeah. for that routine. Oh, yeah. Not for that routine, but just for that Marlowe. That kind of sequence. That, yeah. that kind of sequence. And it's a great touch. And yeah. um, when I got us, this is great. I love it. Mm-hmm. It kind of fits me, fits my style. And now I, now I really do. I carry yeah. Every the, time I leave the house. The moment's an amazing trick. And actually, if after you do the moment, there's a there's a follow-up trick called circus in your hand where they like they just think of one of the the cards and then you tell them which one it is. It's a very direct piece of mind reading that's really cool. But the moment by Andy Nyman is an amazing everyday carry. I'm glad to hear that you you carried around because it's awesome. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. Thanks so much to David for joining me on the show. Go listen to the interview with him and his son. It's a fascinating look at the way we raise our kids in magic. On to the main event. Last week, we talked a lot about Michael Kent's virtual shows and streaming. This week, we get real deep into his social media strategy. Michael is a full-time performer, but has had a career in marketing prior to this and shared with me some fascinating insights that changed the way I use social media, and I think they'll change the way you do too. I talked to Michael via Zoom from our respective home studios, and now you get to join our conversation. There's always something that a, a town yeah. has going on that you can make fun of, um, but I Here's an interesting story from yesterday or from Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I was doing a show in uh, uh, Seneca, Salamanca, New York, which is in the Seneca uh, nation. Mm -hmm. 
in in Western New York, and the, it was to promote or to benefit Mothers Against Drugs, Seneca Mothers Against Drugs, mm-hmm. and which is awesome cause. They it's a town that's been small town riddled with addiction issues mm-hmm. and and opiate yeah. use. So I get there. Well, first of all, the poster for the thing had a headline on it that said "Trading Drugs for Laughter," <laughs> which is hilarious. Trading drugs for laughter. Oh man! And that, that actually sort of, that puts a value on uh, on this. This puts a street value on laughter, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of like you know some shows you bring a can of food. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I so I wrote some jokes about that. You know, I said you know, and I'm I'm talking with some friends and writing jokes about it. Like you know, Salamanca is the name of a drug kingpin in Breaking Bad and you're holding a benefit <laughs> against drugs there. That's like holding a, a benefit for people that are self-absorbed and holding it in Kardashian, New Jersey or something <laughs> like that. You know, I, I was, I was just, and then I got there and every other uh, store in the, it was a wonderful little town, but it's on a reservation. Every other store is a dispensary and the ones that aren't dispensaries are tax-free liquor stores. And there, I saw some signs in people's front yeah. yards um, against drug use in the town. Yeah. So I got there and I, and I realized very quickly, this is a sensitive subject here. Yeah. Um, and so rather than make that joke mm-hmm. about how, you know, this is a benefit to get drugs against drugs. Mm-hmm. Every other store is a dispensary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I decided this is, I knew right away. I mean, there was no question. And when yeah. I got there, I was like, yeah, I can't do any jokes about that at all. Yeah. So it's, you know, a matter of, and that's another thing. It's just observation. And, and I remember once like Allie and I, my, my wife and I go to a lot of concerts and I love to go on the band's Instagram mm-hmm. or TikTok the day of the show and see that they were doing things in, in here in Columbus. Like they were, they went to Jenny's ice cream or Grater's ice cream, or yeah. they did, you know, the things that are specific to here. Like, so they had asked someone, what do we need to do in Columbus before we leave? Mm-hmm. And so I started trying to do that when I was going to places because oh. as people are sitting in their seats and there, there's a pre-show slideshow with my socials and they add my socials, they can yeah. see, oh, look, he went to the thing. You know, he knows about this. Or if there's a donut place that's very popular, I try to do that. All it's right. hard because I'm, I'm old and I, I need an app. No. Well, okay. So this sort of gets back to like that tool in the toolbox thing. Because I know that I am terrible about my social media, right? Because I, I use my Facebook as a... a a weird dumping ground and and promotional thing. I use yeah. Twitter or X or whatever it is to fight with brands that have <laughs> wronged me. And then yes. uh, I'm ostensibly my Instagram is for magic, but I constantly forget to do stuff and put mm-hmm. uh, stories. But I know you're very good at that. Um, and so what are, what are some things that like, as people are sort of growing in their careers to be able to use their, mm-hmm. their social media to interact with their audiences. What are some easy things to, to get yourself into the habit of doing that? Cause I also want to distinct, uh, make a distinction. You're not just like posting constantly, like, uh, you know, like show promos, no, like show promos. And you're not yeah. just doing like, uh, you're not treating it the way like a kid would. Right. Like, like there's a, there's a targeted plan in place yes. with yours. Yes. I, well, it's both. I, mm. I do it out of enjoyment, entertainment as mm. well. Yeah. Um, but I also study how the stuff works. I have a, a marketing background and I spent a lot of time 
learning about trends and algorithms and how what what Facebook is showing to people and when and and what TikTok is not going to show to people and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to play that game. Um, but I'm also what I'm doing is not playing the game, but adjusting the game to fit within what I like to do on those social media because they are mm-hmm. toys for me. Yeah. But they're also tools. So, you know, for instance, I know and a lot of people know that if you put a link to somewhere outside of Facebook in a Facebook post, Facebook doesn't like that. Um, it doesn't oh. want you to leave their platform. Facebook wants to do everything they can to keep you on Facebook. Huh. So Facebook will actually, what they call, cool, they'll, you know, heat or cool are kind of the some jargon for whether or not they're going to, sh- the algorithm's going to show that to your followers. But if you put a link in there to YouTube, Mm-hmm. on your on your Facebook and Google and Facebook are you know somewhat competitive companies right so yeah. if you um put a YouTube link on your Facebook it's not going to show it to, to very many people and so you might find that this video that you posted of your of last week's performance no one's seeing it or no one's reacting to it is what you might first notice oh. and then you might think oh maybe it's not that good or or you know maybe why aren't people paying attention to my stuff it's not because it's not good. It's because Facebook didn't show it to them in their timeline. So what I suggest doing is taking a screenshot of the video, mm. okay? Because Facebook loves video and photo content that originates on Facebook. So take a screenshot of your video mm-hmm. and upload it directly to that post and then put the link in the comments. But if you say link in comments, Facebook's algorithm knows to look for that. So don't don't say things like link in comments. I've <laughs> I've noticed when I'm trying to promote my podcast. Yeah. The word podcast, the word episode. Yeah. These are all things that they know are promotion to get people to go somewhere else. It doesn't uh, want that at all. It doesn't want that. It wants all of these things, all of these platforms want people to stay on their platform. They want you to to interact with people using their stuff. And if you keep that in mind when you're when you're posting, you'll have a lot more success. Um, than than you would, you know, trying to get people to go somewhere else. For our podcast listeners who are not seeing this on YouTube, because we are starting to put some of these on YouTube, uh, I there's my face is just this like crashing realization of everything that I've done incorrectly for years now. <laughs> uh, I used to, it's, you know, it's funny. I, I did a talk at Magi Fest like a decade ago mm-hmm. called "Should I Be Tweeting?" Yeah. Um, and the answer in 2024 probably not, but. <laughs> I pulled out the lecture notes last year. Yeah. And I read through them and so much of the stuff is still relevant. Yeah. Um so much of the concepts behind using social media to, as an entertainer are still relevant and that is you're building a brand. Um and here's something else I wanted to say real quick. Yeah. If you're friends with me on Facebook, which a lot of magicians I, I know are, um you'll notice that like I'm asking a question almost every day, sometimes several times a day. Yeah. I've always wondered about that. Cause yeah. Yeah. All I'm doing is entertaining myself. Okay. But that's yeah. half of it. That's 50% of it is I'm entertaining myself. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by quarter pounder from our Paul Wilson, Nick LaCapo. Join me via zoom to discuss this pocket sized coins across Nick. I need a card trick that I can carry in my wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one. Just one, and I, okay. my wallet is stuffed to the brim, right? So I okay. can, it can only have a couple of cards, but it's got to be a card okay. trick because I, I can't sully my hands with things. And only cards. two cards. Only, only two, two cards. Card? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, only two cards. Uh, this is this is the best 
two-card wallet trick in existence, and it is Tornado by Justin Flom and Mr. Rick Lax. Oh, that's love this trick. Great trick. Oh, man. I used to say this a lot. Like, I, I would literally put two of these cards in my wallet, which I don't really carry a wallet anymore. <laughs> but I would always get excited if I was out doing magic, and then I remembered that I had two of these cards in my wallet because you get to do this particular trick where you, it, the, it comes with a bunch of sevens and fours and you have these two cards and you tear one of them up, right? You tear one of them up and you place, let's just say it's the four, you place the pip of the four, just the little corner of it in, uh, in the spectators, in the spectator's hand. Well, you put all the pieces in their hand and then you put the, the four on top of their hand. And then you take the other card, the seven and you tear it up. And you end up with the the pip of the seven, and then you just simply show you know hold the seven in front of you, and then you just touch it with your hand, cover it with your hand for just a second, and in a blink it changes into uh, the four, and the seven has uh, transposed to the spectator's hand. So it's a really awesome transposition of two cards with only two cards, because if you know how those work, mm-hmm. typically there's three. <laughs> and what I really love about it is you don't need a deck of cards and it kind of plays stand up, right? Yeah. So you don't really need to have the focus down on your hands. It can be all up chest level, which makes it a great trick to do anywhere. And, and like you literally can do this trick anywhere too. Cause didn't Justin do this on like Ellen or the tonight yeah, show or something? The tonight show yeah. or Ellen, one of those. Yeah. 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 He was just, it was just in his wallet. They asked him to do a trick and he pulled tornado out and did it right away. And it's, yeah. uh, it's just a really fun trick. Um, you know, there's refill packs available because you are destroying a card every time you do it. Two uh, cards. Or yeah, two cards. Every time you do it. Yeah. But it's, it's worth the destruction because it's uh it's such a fantastic trick. Tornado. Yeah. It's an, it's an affordable trick yeah. uh, with the refills. The refill packs are, are really good. It's a strong one. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Tornado by Justin Flom and Rick Lax. Check it out. That was Quarter Pounder by R. Paul Wilson available at penguinmagic.com. As always, the incredible listeners to our show receive 25% off the feature part of the week when they enter a special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is clink. That's clink. C-L-I-N-K for 25% off Quarter Pounder. That code is only good for Quarter Pounder and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Michael Kent. All I'm doing is entertaining myself, okay? But that's half of it. That's 50% of it is I'm entertaining myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to have my brain engaged and connected all the time to to other people. Yeah. Um, But I also am... I The more people interact with your content the more your content will be shown to them in the future it's an engagement issue it's an engagement tool it's a trick um it's not a trick i mean like i said i genuinely love the discourse yeah um and sometimes it gets political i don't mind talking about politics that is not for everyone yeah um and i would advise against it for most people (laughs) um i'm in a spot where my career in my career where i'm just like i'm doing all right i'm just gonna i'm gonna talk about this thing yeah um and i and I, I love to have conversations. I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't mind. I don't shy away from the the discourse. But I, I will say like one of the things I heard a long time ago is like the people love to talk about themselves. Yeah. So give people a reason to talk about themselves on your social media. Oh, and, and that just, might be the engagement well, will just dramatically increase. Incre- yeah, because people have a story that yeah. they want to tell you. Um, and and. So, and also, okay, this we're gonna this yeah. gotten in, we're gonna talk about social media. 
anytime anyone comments on your um, stuff, mm-hmm. like it, yeah. like click like, you know, mm-hmm. um, heart it, whatever. If it's, you know, unless it's something that's yeah. you don't want to be seen liking, um, but reply to it as well, because that interaction feeds the algorithm yeah. and heats up your, your content in the future. Um, the same thing with TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. TikTok has more discoverability than anything else. I've got like, I don't know, I'm not by I'm I'm no influencer, but I have like thirty two thousand followers or thirty three thousand followers on TikTok. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that some some videos will get five hundred views, some will get fifty thousand views yeah. in the first day. And the difference is like you can tell when people have something to say about it and have something to comment about. Mm-hmm. It feeds the algorithm. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll seed something into my content purposely to give them something to talk about, to comment on. Yeah. For instance, I just did a video where I said, hey, I had this. It, it was a video talking about one of my podcast stories. Yeah. But I started it by saying, I had an idea the other day for like the best game show ever. And then I talked to my friend and he said it already exists. But I never said what the game show was or what the idea was because I wanted people to go in the comments and and ask yeah um there was another one where i was wearing i have this coat this super dry japan coat Mm -hmm. with three zippers (laughs) and and then i had a zip up like a quarter zip underneath it Mm -hmm. and everyone commented about all why does he need six zippers (laughs) you know like that was all the comments in that that video i think it did i don't know a couple hundred thousand views wow and and it's because of the zippers it had nothing to do with the content but it gave something people to talk about and the tiktok algorithm the the robot said beep bop beep yeah people are commenting this must be something people care about yeah (laughs) and i was i was replying i even made a reply video unzipping all the zippers you know so so let me ask let me ask you this uh because i mean i'm you know i didn't bring you on here as a social media expert i brought you on because you're a, a good magician and a good friend and, uh, and you've always got interesting things to talk about but the i think where this conversation has evolved to is you know tools for aspiring professionals and mm-hmm. you, were, you were talking a little bit about what facebook algorithm likes and doesn't like and maybe you know this maybe you don't but there's so many performers these days who are sort of bootstrapping themselves up, right? Like, so just off the top of my head, I'm thinking like Felice Ling and uh, Stacey Stardust who are mm-hmm. producing their own underground shows in bars, restaurants, small theaters, and getting those audiences in. And I, and I, mm-hmm. and I see more and more of those people across the country. It's that, uh, it's the, the, the stand-up comedy ethic that you and I sort of grew up in and, and is very strong here in Columbus, but now is getting applied to magic shows, which is really exciting. And the way a lot of these people promote their shows in the early days are Facebook um, and like Mm -hmm. sharing it around. Uh, But I know a lot of them have sort of transitioned into charging for their shows using services like Eventbrite. And given Mm -hmm. that Facebook doesn't like to send you outside of the algorithm or outside of its platform, how would you recommend somebody promoting a show? Like, would it be setting up a Facebook event and then using that to funnel people towards the ticketing system? Or, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm curious as to what you would do here. Cause I know there's people in my own IBM ring who are already doing stuff like this and they yeah. would love to hear uh, advice from someone like you who actually studies this stuff. Uh, I would talk about it like a human would, mm-hmm. um, like a layperson would mm-hmm. as if you were excited for, the show that you were going to attend 
meaning several posts a week Mm -hmm. leading up to it. Um, but not the same post, not robot promo. Yeah. Like real posts. Like maybe you're working on something new, Mm -hmm. a picture of you working on it. Uh, Maybe something's frustrating you Mm -hmm. like show actual human emotion in these posts, have some humanity to it. Treat it as if you're not a magician, but you're just using Facebook to either vent or to connect with your friends or to, you know, people brag. So mm-hmm. brag about something, but not in a, you know, not in a robot way. Yeah. Um, also, in terms of the ticket sales and, and offsite ticket sales, um, don't be afraid to put that in your a photo. Like you, if you have a promo that's not going to be flagged by the algorithm unless you're running an ad. If you're running an ad, there's a formula that Facebook uses about like text to image, like yeah. ratio that you have to be careful about. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, if it's just a regular post, you know, say get tickets at or for tickets and then the website, you know, and don't use the Eventbrite website with the crazy URL. Mm-hmm. You do a vanity website or, you know, have the Eventbrite link on your website. Yeah. So that you can say, you know, get tickets at ericktate.com or whatever it is. But um, I, I own historicalporposes.com, yeah, which I then yeah. use to redirect towards wherever I want. Yeah, absolutely. So historicalporposes.com, mm-hmm. um, on the, there on the homepage, the first link says, you know, yeah. tickets for the blah, blah, blah show here. Um, and, and then do it in the comments because the algorithm doesn't necessarily re- care about, I, I think, I, I don't know this for sure, and maybe a Facebook expert could tell me, it doesn't seem like the algorithm really cares about links in comments. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you have that, because, and especially if someone else posts it. Yeah. There's an old trick that I used to do. Um, there there was a thing on Yik, do you remember Yik Yak? It was an app that, yes. it does exist still. Um, <laughs> it did come back. Yeah. But when it first came back, or when it first came out, on college campuses, you could post and then reply to your post because there was no icon associated with the anonymous post. <laughs> so every college I did, and in college, every college was using Yik Yak at first. Yeah, I would say, uh, "Hey, anything going on on campus tonight?" Mm-hmm. And then I would reply to my own post and say, "A bunch of us are going to that magic thing." <laughs> so, this, the, the very purposely not sounding like a magician yeah but sounding like a college student or someone who doesn't 100% know what that magic thing is if i said yeah a bunch of us are going to the michael kent show at 7 p.m. in the student you know in the student union people would know now that's that's promo they know that's either me or that's someone on the student activities team that's promoting the event so yeah a bunch of us are going to that um that magic thing and then inevitably mm-hmm. the next thing is from a real person who says where's that what time is it you know yeah. what i mean and now now this feels organic. It's not really organic. It's sort of AstroTurf, but it's at least has, has the feel. And, and the same thing with promoting your, you know, your show where you're trying to get people to actually buy a ticket. Yeah. Um, talk about it like a human. Don't, I, I, don't you, just, if, if people, if the only time you interact with people is to sell them something, mm-hmm. they will tune out so fast. It's like deleting a spam email. Yeah. You know, you said uh, there was a, a particular word you used when you when you first introduced the concept, which was talk about the show like you're attending it, not mm-hmm. starring in it. Which is yeah. which is I think is such a fascinating. You know, that's a way to sort of you know, quote unquote, defeat the algorithm. But uh, that if you're talking about it as you're attending it, it and it shows 
real interest there. I mean, it, it actually requires uh, a step of humility for the performer in the show to step back and not talk about it as though they're headlining. Because that's the thing we want to do. We want to talk about how we're headlining the show or performing in the show. And, you know, how, look at this great thing we're doing. But if we talk about it as though we're attending it, um, it's uh, it's just a very, very different approach. And I think a key thing to what you said. Thank you. It, it's counter also to kind of what historically was used to promote shows, which is I am this thing mm-hmm. that's interesting and different and bigger and better than the audience like yeah. i'm this you know there's a mystique that you had to have as a performer mm-hmm. but in order to be successful uh at getting that message to people on social media you really have to show humanity because the idea of celebrity is drastically different than it was even five years ago yeah um the, the you have to be accessible or else you'll sort of just fade into obscurity yeah and honestly that's the main reason I did that web, that live stream web show mm-hmm. was because I wasn't doing real shows and I had an audience of what it had been like 17 years of constant touring mm-hmm. that people were watching what I did. Like yeah. they, they were, they were, the algorithm was feeding them mm-hmm. and I wanted something to give them to stay in front of them. Mm-hmm. And so while I was not getting paid at all for, the other than you know my Patreon, I was not getting paid at all for the, for those shows. It was just a weekly live stream that I did. Mm. It kept the audience engaged with my content yeah. during the time when it was really difficult to do so. Well, Michael, this has been a fascinating conversation, and I, and I know that these kinds of conversations are not for everyone, but I know that I get reached out to all the time by magicians who were just like, thank you for having this person on and talking about this because these are the tips that I needed. And uh, look forward to having you back on the podcast, buddy. I always have fun, man. Uh, Go in the links uh, in the show comments below. There's links to the, uh, to Michael's podcast. Uh, Be sure to check it out. And obviously go to michaelkentlive.com to find out when he's going to be performing near you next. Mike's thanks. Michael, thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Michael for being on the show, and thanks to you for listening. Well, here we are. It's the week of Blackpool, and I am rested, relaxed, and ready to show you some cutting-edge magic on the dealer's room floor. Come by the booth and say hello to me, say hello to Craig Petty, say hello to Mandy Hartley. We're all going to be having fun in there. Don't be shocked if Nick Lacapo isn't with me in the booth. We had some travel shenanigans that prevented him from coming to Blackpool this year, but don't worry. He's still on the team. He's all right. Everything's okay. Just couldn't get to Blackpool. As for this show, we are going to be starting to change the format a little. We've gotten so many requests from fans for Nick and I to talk more about current events in Magic, the products in the market, the performers that we're loving, the conventions we're going to, all kinds of stuff like that. And people have been asking, please make the podcast longer. You asked for it. I'm going to deliver. Starting next week, Nick and I will be beginning every show with a breakdown of the state of the magic, the state of the penguin. We'll answer listener questions, give our own hot takes, and tell you all the magic news that's fit to dish. We will still be airing interviews with magicians, but we'll be airing them without ads. That's right. The fact that you know it's Big Daddy Penguin that pays for the mic is good enough. No more interruptions. Also, I'll be hosting some roundtable discussions with multiple magicians about things that are important in our industry and our community. Sometimes it's going to be fun, sometimes it's going to be heavy, but it's always going to be informative. Going to change up the content a little, bring you some spice. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you've been pretending you are in the Ruskin on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything anything on this week's show, I continue to be in Europe. I'm not even sure if I remember how to speak English or where, where I live. I need to get back to America. I've got robots to battle and dogs to cuddle. 
But if being abroad is your preferred method of existence, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform. <laughs>